What's up, friends? We're trying this again earlier today. I took an hour out of my workday and recorded a green room that never got sent to me, and green room slash Spotify has no idea what happened. So let's do it all again, and perhaps with a different group of people. So earlier today, I kind of proposed a question that I'm really interested to hear the crowd's reaction to. How close do you think the Mavs are to being a legit contender? For anyone who watched that playoff series, or sorry, the final series, and really, you know, the last, you know, second and third rounds as well, I'm curious as to your thoughts, because if you look at this from one point of view, the Mavericks are one decent game from some non-Luka player from become, uh, heading to the second round. Then you watch that finals game, and their finals game six and, and five as well, and just some of the sheer physicality of the basketball the Mavericks aren't ready for that. Ain't ready. It, 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 I, I can really see both sides of things. So I'm very interested to hear what people think about this this position. As well as, you know, whatever else we, we could talk about. I was looking through some of my saved photos because I don't know about you guys, but with, when it comes to my phone, I just like save all sorts of stuff on, on uh, you know, screenshots of stuff. And this potentially lost in translation quote where... <laughs> Christoph Porzingis says I was put in a corner and given a task to perform and I did it as a soldier and I desperately want to give the man the benefit of the doubt for how much I've dunked on him but my god can he shut the fuck up please okay let's start bringing folks on we'll do this quickly we'll hang out for a while and then I should go to bed because I have to get my oil changed at six in the morning so send your speaker request in, and we'll uh, hang out for a while. Coming up first is friend of the show, Jesse. What's happening? How you doing, Kirk? I am okay. Yeah, so I don't think really this year or this next year that we really have a path to like improve dramatically to be a contender, but I do think we can make and set a foundation this year so the year after that, we can really build something special that okay. can go, you know, pretty far. I, I think we just don't have the free agency crop. I think the addition of Nico really puts us in the room with a lot more players, but we just don't have the crop in this free agency. And I don't necessarily know unless we get a crazy trade going. I don't think we have the assets to do anything right now. But I do think we can set the foundation by developing some of the young guys um, maybe playing in a system where we grow KP's value if he can stay healthy. And then next, the year after that, I think a lot of free agents will start to perk their eyes up and say, hey, I do really want to come because finally our front office passes the vibe check uh, as far as Nico goes, as far as his relationships, and for some reason, players like Jason Kidd. So, um, I think that that's pretty much the path, but I do think that we can definitely be championship contenders this the season after now. I like it. So are you, let me just, just pivot a little bit. One of the things that me and Mavs Moneyball contributors have discussed in our Slack is that perhaps the, the taking a step back to eventually take a step forward is, is on on the queue. Is that something you're interested in as a fan and content creator? Absolutely. And, you know, I have been outspoken about this for the last year about needing to develop. We don't, we haven't had the draft picks and it's going to come to bite us. We won't have the depth if we try the strategy we've been trying. 
Mm. And I don't, we finally have a draft pick this year. Maybe you, you know, get a role player taking a, a bit of a step back. But really when I say step back, I mean focusing a little bit more on player development. And I think that will pay dividends because I do think, you know, Josh Green's like a 50-50 chance. He's got a lot of great skills that will work in the NBA. And if he gets a shot, then he's a he's a rotational guy that is valuable. Uh, Tyrell Terry could be a six-man sort of guy if he's nurtured a little bit. So we have – I mean, Tyrell Terry weighs shot. a buck 35. That guy's not playing any NBA minutes until he weighs at least 180. Right. right. Like, he, he, there's an outside shot there. Like, I don't think it's probable, but I think that there's there there are things we can do to improve. And not just that, but having the scheme that's not as rigid with, with Carlisle gone, it, it may unlock some players. I don't think it's very I mean, likely, who? though. Um, so I do think uh, Porzingis will play better next year. For, you know, the criticism he gets and everything like that, he was still a 29 player. I mean, he was – Those don't grow was, on trees. Last year was his best statistical season. Right. It's not really close. Yeah. He just also looked like warmed over ass. It's like reconciling <laughs> – Yeah. It's reconciling the numbers with the fact that he, he looked like he looked like the sloth in uh, Zootopia when he was trying to, you know, get to the rim and defend things. Right. There was like a little bit of the season, uh, I believe it was somewhere in like March, April, where he was playing really good defense for like two weeks and then he went out with that knee soreness. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to see him healthy. I want to see what he can do. It's an outside shot. Really, the most likely scenario is – Two years from now, a lot of players want to play with Luca, and they have Nico that has a lot of connections, and they get a few players that, that make a splash, and we can contend, and next season is kind of just like a figure-it-out sort of thing. Okay. I like it. I appreciate it. I appreciate the thoughts. You got anything else you want to get off your chest while you're here? Oh, no. Just good to talk to you. I, I, we haven't talked in a while, so it's good to see you. Me too. Yeah, I, I recorded one earlier that did not record, and there were some bangers because we had – uh couple slovenian guests who had some really good thoughts on uh luca's coach like the the kind of coaching luca responds to um just just some good stuff I, i'm very irritated that it is now in the uh the memory hole and no one will be able to hear it except for like the 60 or 70 people who are in here um we we fixed the mavs and now no one will get to hear it but that's okay we're here anyways coming up next we have matt phillips what's going on bub oh not a lot just enjoying uh the benefits of rare ibuprofen usage <laughs> you i hate you take that shit all the time i do you know uh, that, that's how we old people with with creaks and and all sorts of muscular problems get through the day well what do you got uh so the answer to your first question is more than lonzo ball uh we are we are more than him away from being a true contender sure um so i in the should we take a step back to take a step forward eventually the answer is yes we should but unfortunately, I don't think that's really realistic because there's the old saying that uh, teams tank, players don't. I, I don't mm. see any way that I don't see any way that you get Luca to agree to anything resembling a tank. Which well, I mean, just... they're like a 40, 40 game, like forty one game floor for Luca. Like that's just sort of what, no matter what you do, like he's good enough to get you forty one games if he plays, you know, seventy. Yeah, that I mean that's that's the thing is I mean we were in this a little bit with um with old Dirk where we couldn't really truly tank not just because we didn't want to with Dirk but because he was still good enough up until like 2015 or so that we just couldn't and I think with Luca we're in even more of that which is we're locked into not tank unless Luca gets hurt which is God forbid we definitely don't want that then we are locked into trying to win 
And actually, uh, the next, the previous uh, commenter mentioned that uh, he thought that Kid might unlock people. I don't think Kid Kid is not a tactician who's going to unlock people that Rick Carlisle couldn't. Like that's just not a thing. Um, but he, what he will do is he will play kids like Jason Green or sure. Jason, Josh Green. Sure. Kind of no, I, I think yeah. I think that's you two talking along the same. I think you're. I think everybody's in agreement there. Yeah. Like Rick Carlisle sending people to the Phantom Zone was fucking real. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And I mean, and the main thing that I am hoping for out of the Carlisle to Kid transition is Kid is not as solid in his job, especially if he really is just a, a Nico ask, if that's how he got his job is as a package deal with Nico rather than the other way around, which is what I believe the case is now. And if that's the case, then he is not going to be secure enough like Carlisle was to basically throw games. And one of the big things that we, we talk about is how tough the Mavs competition has been in the first round. Like, when we haven't gotten out of the first round in the last decade, a lot of it is, like, we've played teams that have gone on to be super successful, and that's because we've been under because we throw games in the regular season in the name of health or, you know, we don't care about this or whatever. Yeah. So I'm hopeful that with a new coach who needs to prove himself, with a motivated Luka who shouldn't have time to get out of shape, um, between the Olympics to get at least as out of shape between the Olympics and the season um, and a KP who I expect to come out. I think he's going to be traded or gone in some way or another, but if he is not, I expect him to come out slinging fire early in the season because uh, that's what <laughs> go ahead. No, no, I, I need someone like a real reporter, like Tim Cato, get on the exercise ball hugging shit that kp is doing because is his goal like to be the the league's best hugger like his goal, what is happening his goal is to be a better boyfriend if you look at that and his his girlfriend should be thrilled with his off-season workouts if you look at what he has posted to instagram oh yeah i had a couple people being like said have you never seen what a what a hip thrust looks like and i'm like look man i've been through all sorts of physical therapy i know what that stuff is don't take pictures of yourself doing it that's the point whether or not it is there here's the thing whether or not it is an effective workout which i have done a lot of workouts and i've been around a lot of people who've done a lot of workouts i still do not have a clue what the hugging of the medicine ball or not the medicine ball, of though. course no <laughs> no like like one of our comments is like it's strength training like i get it i get it guys i just workout videos just open your like in, in photos just like open yourself up to getting made fun of like yeah. the funniest like like luca used to does them too and it's just like all right like i, I just can't with these guys like i know it matters but it's like the only ones that I ever found interesting were like when Yao Ming was was uh, doing strength training because that guy when he came into the league couldn't do any bench presses and like by the time he left he was doing uh or by the time he retired they had managed to get him up to he was so strong relative to when he started but he hadn't put on any weight and like I love that sort of stuff and but it, it it's right it's I don't know and and Jaws in the in the chat saying what about <laughs> Willie Cauley Stein hype videos. You're right. I'm an ass. You guys are correct. I'm just an asshole about all of this stuff. I would just, I, I, you can't please me. I think that's the no, real thing. No, I actually, I, I legitimately, I do think that KP is going to come out, come out just slinging fire early in the season. The question is going to be as it is, as we have said ad nauseum, and I really don't need to get back into it, is can he either one recover his physical abilities, which I find to be questionable, 
I just, you generally are not going to get a whole lot healthier at that size at, after all of the leg injuries he's had, or B, just can he adjust to it, to the amount of physical ability he has now, which is just going to take reps. I mean, that's the thing is you have mm-hmm. to learn what you can do. And I think, you, mm-hmm. and I, and I just, but every time that he's had an extended period of time off healthy, which is basically before the first 10 games of his uh, one real, one good Nick season, I think it was his third season, and then the bubble. When he's come back from an, from an extended period of time off that he was healthy and working instead of rehabbing, he's been sure. amazing. It's just sure. that the next injury is always coming. That I mean, that's See, the problem. Yeah, Dalton, friend of the show, Dalton Trigg crushes me on this because he's like, you know, you, you don't really like KP. And I'm like, but I have to kind of talk myself into KP. And like the argument for KP is based off of what you're saying where it's, okay, a healthy offseason paired with no, not four games a week. And I can buy it. I, I mean, mean I, I can buy it. I mean, sort I mean, of. I, like, yeah. maybe I'm full of shit. Who knows? I'm I'm not as negative on KP as you are. Like, I'm not as positive as some of the some of the KP people on the side are. But I'm the Latvians. Not, I don't even think it's that. It's just like it's that, I don't know what it is. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure that his brother is a commentator on Mavs Moneyball. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty much it. I mean, like, I don't really have just a whole lot tonight. It's just that I don't think we're. In, or to get back to your original point, let me answer this before I go. Um, it, if we got a legitimate star, and by legitimate star, I mean someone who makes healthy KP, if such a thing exists, our third best player, then that makes us legitimately a contender at this point. Without that, we could beat any team, and by any team, I mean legitimate, like, we could beat a... We could have beat the Suns if we played them in the first round. We could have beat the Bucks if Ooh. we played them in the first round. I'm not saying this is in we're better than them, but okay. in the first round, we are going to be a threat to anyone because I Luka see. is relatively okay. fresh and Luka can play at that level. No sure. one, not prime Michael Jordan, not whoever, and I'm not trying to say this is clickbaity stuff, but whatever player you want, no one can handle the load that Luka handles that he's handled in the first round the last two years over an extended playoff run. So mm-hmm. the level that we play at in the first round is not necessarily indicative of a level that we can sustain over a long run. Well, yeah, but I mean, we don't really have a comparison point because when you have 13 Clippers games as your only Luka playoff reference point, you don't really know. I mean, the Bucks are probably like what they did to Cor- or Corey Booker, or not not the correct person. What yeah. the Bucks did to Devin Booker versus I would have loved to see what they did to Luka because Booker wanted, like, his instinct is to score. Like, the fact that he didn't have fourth quarter assists is really, you know, but then again, you think about what Luka did in the fourth quarter where he effectively fell off a cliff because he was tired. I just, these are the sort of questions that I would love to be able to discuss, but unfortunately, we just keep, you know, we have 16 or 13 Clippers games. I think we have enough to say that Luka would, is absolutely, like, Luka is going to play at an elite level in the first round. No matter who, like, because if there's a team that could shut him down, it's a team with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I mean, yeah. Patrick Beverly gave Devin Booker a ton of problems. Ton of problems. Like, yes. He, like, he gave him a ton of problems. It's not that, like, oh, you know, we played Scrubs or whatever. We played the freaking Clippers that have three somewhere around all de- defensive team level wings and a multitude of other switchable level, mid level uh, wing type defenders. The the thing that we have to do is just we just have to understand that Luca is super special, but it's yeah. just not it's not humanly possible to, or at least at the especially at the level of conditioning that he is at, 
to sustain that over an extremely long time. And I don't mean that as an indictment of Luca. I mean, it's just, sure. It's just hard to do. Like it's no, nor should no, like no team should be built in a way where he has like a 50% usage rate in the second half of games. Like that's not a thing. What, so. um, the last thing I'm going to do, and then I'm going to leave for real. So I don't get as rambly as I did last time is, uh, one thing I do think we can learn from the Bucks is that Giannis before this season, and they started a tiny bit last year, but before this season, he has had the ball in his hands an absolute ton. One of the mm-hmm. big things he changed is that he started setting a ton of screens. And Luka is not Giannis physically, obviously. He is not as dangerous. But Giannis, even without shooting, became a very, very dangerous off-ball player. I would like, argue more dangerous. Like, he's yeah, harder he to is. predict. Yeah, because when he screens, I mean, when he screens, he can short roll, and he's an absolutely elite vertical athlete who is huge. And it's just that's that's the if you because I try to look at is um, every year people try to imitate the whoever won the title sure. the previous year, and that's a good thing to do is to take a lesson from whoever won. The lesson that we can learn is that Luca screening, if we can ever get a ball handler to use with him, it. That is a, a weapon that we need to utilize that I hope Ken yeah. will utilize. Yeah. So. We had a lot, and this is why I'm so disappointed my green room today went out into the void, is we had a lot of just kind of not, I mean, not necessarily original, but just like fun discussion points based off the of things that we've seen batted around on Twitter and various sites where one uh, one one person came up and made a really strong argument for, for Goran Dragic, not because of anything, you know, other than just like a sheer basketball fit where you make Luca do these sorts of things, playing off ball the same sort of way kid talked about. And, you know, like I, I Josh Bo has been, Luca needs to be the screener for two years because I mean, the dude's built like Rob, Rob Gronkowski, like, like what nobody can do anything with him. It particularly in like a, in a, in a four on three situation, like him in the short roll is horrifying, but you need a ball handler who knows how to do stuff in order to get him the ball in those situations or at least deal with what happens whenever the defense freaks out that he's the short roller. And and I, I, I very much hope that they go towards that sort of thing, because while they are very different players, what we're talking about here is the panic that causes in the defense. And right, right now, when we look at sort of like, what are the things that causes defenses to freak out against the Mavericks? The number one thing that comes to mind to me is not Luka-based, it's actually Porzingis-based. When he hits an open three in the first quarter, I want to say they win something like 75% of those games. He is he just breaks defenses despite the fact that he's kind of a an average three point shooter from distance. But he's willing to take one from, you know, the half court range and that just freaks defenses out. The other thing is Luca going downhill, but he, you know, he came into shape he came into season lacking quickness that he had in year two, and teams, you know, sort of stopped that. So yeah, him in the short roll is is the thing that, that would freak defenses out. I will forever say on the Luca uh, in shape thing that in year two, he came in in shape when he knew when the season was going to start. The only reason he was not in shape coming into this season is the season started earlier than the players expected. Sure. And as a kid sure. at that age who is that good of an athlete, it like you can absolutely get into really good shape in a month or two that he thought he had. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Y'all have a good night. Yeah. Uh, I also, one last thing. Uh, please send a notification in the Slack whenever you start these, because I apparently don't get the green room notifications all the time. Oh, anymore. I need to. Yeah, this is inside baseball, but like I talked to some of the green room people, and like I don't know, this app needs some updates. Let's just say that. All right, 
Thank you for hanging out, Matt. You're the best. Um, I wanted to address something that I saw in the chat. Someone was making fun of me about me liking. Oh, yeah, it's, it's uh, Mr. Gray talking about how I like KP first quarter stats. What if Kristaps Porzingis is this generation's Josh Howard? If anyone is old enough to remember Josh Howard's play from, I don't know, 2005 to 2008, he was a first quarter monster. And, you know, the Mavs sort of went, you know, they, they won a lot of games over that period because Dirk was God. But, you know, Josh Howard was a big part of that. And I would just, I would like, I don't know, KP having a particular role in the offense. He's going to be the guy that freaks people out in the first quarter. It's just fun for that. Um, anyway, that's where my brain is. Coming up next, we have Christian. And if anyone else wants to, we have you know, a shorter list of, of requests than earlier, um, probably because people feel that they got their takes off. But feel free to come up and make the same take because, the you know, the the millions and millions, as The Rock likes to say, uh, people who listen to this podcast didn't get to hear them. So, Christian, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm okay. I finished Mayor of Easttown, and it, this is not the appropriate podcast to talk about it, but I want to talk about it with people. Anyways, what's going on? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because literally I just started playing uh, – or just started watching, and I paused it as soon as the green room came up. Oh, no! <laughs> so I'm sorry. My, my girlfriend's a little bit mad. You know, if you're at Summer League and she tries to... Uh, Shit you know, me. Pull you. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but, um, uh, so, there was two things I wanted to mention. Uh, when it comes, I, I heard Jesse mentioning, you know, when it comes to 2023... There's one realistic pipe dream that I've said for a while now, and I'm glad you and Dalton had mentioned it because it's a realistic. Nothing pipe dream. Dalton says is realistic. <laughs> the so Zach Levine, he's never been to the playoffs in his Ooh. career, and I think when you factor that in, going into a contract year, if the Bulls don't make the playoffs, and I do think. They certainly have a chance, uh, but I think the Pacers will be better. I think the Hornets will be better. Uh, I think the Wizards are going to try to find ways to improve, like, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's a really good chance that we get them, uh, you know, same agent as Luca. But I just think when you think about it, for a player as good as he's been to never in his career – even been to the well, I mean, he lost a whole year to his ACL. Like, he's not as old as you think. He's just been in the league. Exactly. And I think, you know, especially think of the two situations, Minnesota and Chicago. I mean, I could – and it's not like he's even really contended to be in the playoffs, really. So I think uh, when you factor all that in, I think we have a good chance of making that happen as like a realistic you're adding another star um the question i the reason i'm skeptical is i i can't handle you know the keep the powder dry thing Ah. um but i i do think that he's realistic and at least like the way that i look at it is i would be willing next year we don't need to keep the powder dry if he signaled he wanted to come here, we do have our 2022 pick. 
So we can figure out a sign and trade where we trade that pick along with maybe another future first um, and try to get that done. What are your thoughts? I mean, like Levine, the player is just so good that I don't know what, I don't see the Bulls management letting go of him for anything because as, as uh, DJ mentions in the chat, they sort of mortgage their future. Um, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I like that... him. I, I, he's amazing, really. He's, he's you know, I remember thinking last year, uh, I want to say it was Nick of Locked on Mavs that took a lot of shit for saying he wasn't interested in Levine. And I remember thinking that. I just, for once in my life, I didn't fucking say it. So, I don't know. It's tough. My, my thing is, though, is it wouldn't happen this offseason. It would be next year when he's a free agent and if the Bulls miss the playoffs to where then if he doesn't sign the extension, they either lose him for free or do you want to get two first-round picks out of it? And, you know, who knows? Maybe they would want to get off Vooch too so you'd, you know, get in whether it be a three-team trade or, you know, maybe it's KP included for Levine and Vooch. I mean, I don't really know, but sure. the main thing is, yeah. And, you know, when it comes to this upcoming year, I actually think, you know, we're, we're pretty close because when you think about it, we took the Clippers to seven with a healthy Kawhi. Without Kawhi, we, I believe at least that we would have won that series. And when you look at the next two series, right? Yeah. Without mm-hmm. Kawhi, they went two and zero against the Jazz when, in games Kawhi didn't play. And then they took, or yeah, they took the Suns to six games without Kawhi. Where if Kawhi was healthy and playing like he was against us, I think they beat the Suns. And then I don't think it's a certainty they would have beat the Bucks, but I think there's a very good chance they would have. So, I mean, really, I don't think we're too far away. And I think if you add uh, Kyle Lowry or Mike Conley, who, by the way, seems, at least his wife seems to <laughs> indicate right. they're, they're out of Utah, which makes sense. But if you add that, that third kind of option, well, when they were putting Kawhi on KP to take mm-hmm. both him out and avoid the screen, they couldn't really do exactly the same thing if we had someone like Kyle Lowry. Or oh, yeah, yeah. Mike Another Conley. person who can dribble. Is- yeah, <laughs> dribble and can pass to an open person without, you know, it, I, it's amazing how we have no one that can dribble and pass whatsoever besides Luca, but I think we're really not that far away and when I look at next year too Kawhi in all likelihoods out for the year the Warriors will be better but um, older it, exactly and I think there's a real opportunity next year with uh with just kind of a bit of an opening to where it if we improve, let's even go with, I, I'm not fully behind X's idea of Dinwiddie. Um, I think he's solid. I wouldn't be upset if we got him. But even if mm-hmm. we get a Dinwiddie, Conley, etc., I think we have a real chance. And especially if Luka gets better, 
which I'm not putting anything past him because I was like, wow, you know, after the second year, how can he get much better? He adds a mid-range that's just, you know, money every time. Um, and if KP gets any kind of interior, I don't know, a hook shot or something. A drop step? I, I mean, my God, anything. <laughs> anything besides losing the ball. I mm. mean then I think we have a chance. So I really don't think we're too far away. Um, I saw the report. I don't know how real it is that, you know, the Lakers are targeting Chris Paul and who knows if he wants to go there and win a cheap ring. If that happens, you know, I, I think they would probably be the overwhelming favorite. But I think the biggest point is, you know, I'd love to see Levine after this year. And I really, when it comes to this year, we just need to get someone that can dribble and pass. Uh, That can be even a third option. And I really think we can contend. And as long as we have Luca, like when he's on and if we can keep his usage rate even slightly down, Mm -hmm. I, I think we have a real chance to to win it next year and you know you're insane but i love it uh, i i'm hoping you know i i believe in luca and i know we all do but i just think he's gonna add that one little thing that makes him even better next year and i don't think we're stupid enough well i i believe or i'm given a chance to this front office to at least make us somewhat better. And I think even somewhat better makes us contend. Well, I appreciate the uh, projection. Um, You and Dalton's optimism is going to murder me, but I, I, I'm very happy for it all the same. Christian, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, that's it. I think next time I hop on, I'll let you know how I'm liking the show, but you know, appreciate you as (laughs) always. (laughs) All right. Later, dude. All right, coming up next, Jason. Jason, your thoughts earlier are now out in the void, so I think you may need to repeat. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just on the thoughts of how far are we, I'll go a little different direction than I did a couple hours ago. But looking at the roster, it's honestly horrifying. And I think we've talked about this before, but I just want to repeat this again. Horrifying how badly the cap the, the cap is allocated. You have, mm. I mean, $13 million to Richardson, who is unplayable, honestly. And I love Richardson, but it was a disaster, let's be honest here. At least last year, that was a disaster. You have $11 million to Powell, who played like six minutes a game, and he had like a decent game in game five, but still. Or the game, I don't even know at this point, but he had like one decent game the whole series. Sure. That's $11 million there. You're paying $13 million to JJ Redick to sit on the bench and podcast all day. You're spending like some of your mid level on Willie Cauley Stein, some of the mid level on Trey Burke. That's like fifty million or so, I think. Just off the what top I'm of hearing, head. just on what the bench I'm hearing, doing nothing. What I'm hearing, my friend, is that Mark Cuban doesn't know what he's doing. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, what I don't know. I'm just looking back on the stupid season. It's like. If we traded for anyone but fucking JJ Reddick, like I don't know who's available for thirteen million, like at the deadline, but like I've we just talked about shit. fucking Thad Young. If we traded for fucking Thad I, Young, I think we make the second round. And like, I'm not oh reporting a damn thing, but I'll just say I've been told some some things that mm, 
Mark, I've I've heard some things over the last several months that Mark is so involved in some free, was so involved in some things around the deadline that at this point he just gets played, oh, and God. maybe the new front office, like like we talked about this this afternoon, guys didn't want to play for Rick Carlisle, you know, it's true. Jay Crowder, may, who knows why he said, you know. The Mavericks offer. Jay Crowder would have gone into the second round. <laughs> Maybe, I, I mean, he really might have, but he, I, there's there's no reason to think he wanted to play for Rick Carlisle. We'll just say that he definitely didn't. He definitely and, didn't. And you know, because Rick Carlisle put Richard Jefferson's corpse over him way back in the day when when Crowder was actually a pretty good rookie. I um, as like much Richard as I, Jefferson here, to be honest. But I yeah. did. Yeah, he wasn't bad. He had he that amazing non dunk that oh like, my I still God. think about. Oh, but God. he also wasn't very good either. He, he was old at um, that point. But like he was like, I don't know Jay. Bit. It's like he never put up stats, but like he's always a good analytics guy. He like 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 it just surprised me that Jay was actually good because we saw him for like a year and he like it's like holy shit, this guy does nothing. And then you look at like the stats, like, oh my god, he's actually contributing he's not to be fine up yeah. somehow. I mean everybody thinks he's a shooter because he had six good weeks of shooting in Boston, but I'll tell you what, I hated him so much that my wife bought me a jersey of him. <laughs> <laughs> that I still that is somewhere still in my closet because she's just like if you hate like you talk so much shit about it and like it was to the point where I would like talk about my Jay Crowder hate around the house like that's oh, what God up. like that level of insanity for me anyway but shooting um, one for nine shooting one for nine for Jay Crowder that's a skill because if you're shooting nine shots off Luca passes you're gonna do very well just the ability to shoot I'm just thinking Dorian Maxi these guys they get open shots and they just pass it up and it infuriates me. It, you know, there, there's something to that. And that's where, you know, I named this something different than what I named earlier. And I'm kind of curious, you know, to particularly to the regulars, the folks that are here time and again. I, like many, we all get married to the players that we like in terms of just sort of over-attachment and wanting to hold on to them forever. But anyone that's been a Mavs fan in, like, the Donnie Nelson era, so, like, 1997-ish forward, the Mavericks sort of remade their team, like, every three years. Now, after the 2011 uh, championship and the new CBA, they really didn't have much of a choice. And Cuban, you know, is a secret cheap-ass when it came to the, the cap after that, though everyone still talks about how he spends. They they've not really done the sort, of, and because they didn't have like the the center of the team, I'm I'm really curious if they just don't ship out two or three of these guys who are on reasonable contracts that have been consistent players. I mean, is I mean, there we anyone talked about that, this earlier? Like we talked yeah. about this earlier, but like Dwight Powell, I'm like ninety nine percent sure he's out. Like just the fact that you said he had any value in the league, like you apparently know he had value in the league somehow, and Bob mm-hmm. hates this dude apparently. It's like. Because Bob is still involved in analytics, by the way. I think that's pretty mm. much confirmed at this point. Yeah. So if Bob hates him, and like we all see it, he fucking played like six minutes a game in like versus the Clippers. I love Dwight. He's a great chemistry dude, but come on, like we have to use the cap a little bit better than that. Yeah, well, the cap stuff is always thing I've been curious about for a long time because I remember the Sean Marion trade. Or like it was like the four team sign and trade chicanery. Like I don't think we've sen- seen anything like it in the league since. And the Mavericks just aren't creative with their cap. I mean, yeah. and it's the biggest criticism. I've talked about this. I'm pretty sure I did it on Friday. Where I still think of how you know Brad Townsend once mentioned how like their cap all just has a job for life. I'm like, well, why? Like, what is it? 
like the, the, the accountant has a job for life. The the um, the oh, auditor God. has a job for life. Like that's some weird, like like weird stuff. Like like the kings are more creative with their books, which is why they're always involved in like trade rumors. Anyway, yeah. Jason, what else you got for us? Uh, it's pretty it. I shot on my takes earlier. I don't remember them at all, but that's the best. I, I'm Jerry Island. He's. Co- I think it's. I think I heard something that he's pretty much confirmed be opting in at this point. Yeah. So Jerry Island. I don't know if we're gonna find a trade for him, but I wouldn't mind just keeping him on at least for half a season to see how he does under kid. And honestly, I I do think you could just ship him out at the trade deadline for something. Like I mean, we saw how the joke. The James Johnson situation worked out, but like they have to do better than that. Like I feel like they can get some type of expiring with some amount of value at the trade you deadline so. next year. Hopefully, you hope so. You'd yeah. hope so. Well, but yeah, I'm out. I don't know, Jared. Let's go. Let's go. I'm not. Man. No, Jason, I removed you for that. Sorry, I pressed. I pressed remove too early. Um, the fact that that you're you're still in on Jay Rich, like no one no one to sign the divorce papers, friendo. Just, just know when to walk away. All right, before I bring up some of our next guests, I wanted to read something. Um, this was on. So Cuban went on the ticket yesterday because uh, a day can't go by where Mark doesn't talk to the media about something. And Reddit summarized it up, uh, uh, underscore Liverpool wraps. Thank you for your service and listening to the ticket, which is not something I'm ever able to do. And he circled some, or somebody circled something on Twitter. It's just going to stick in my mind till the end of time. Cuban is filming a new Shark Tank season right now, and is taking Nico and is talking to Nico in between every deal, which is driving Nico crazy. So he can get Nico up to speed because free agency is starting soon. What are we talking about, Mark? Go take a lap. Do something. Get a hobby, build a rocket, and go to space. Just, just enough, enough. We don't want you involved. They don't want you involved. This, this hurts all of us. You are a wonderful owner in the big picture. I would say that I very much appreciate you. You're a key part of my fandom, but you are not the free agency guy. Do something else, please. Anyhow. Let's bring up Mavrello. What's happening? Hello. It's been a while. It has been. <laughs> I guess we should start with that. What is the future of Mavrello? I mean, he, I mean, Mark. Their marketing efforts are always very interesting. I would say it was fun for a while, but it wouldn't shock me if we never hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll probably have to change my profile picture. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much the same thing that, I mean, everybody's kind of been covering. I'm kind of worried about the, you know, the pipe dream, dreaming that we always get. Not me. Like, I feel you only get straight. <laughs> you only get straight negativity from. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that, like, Tim Hardaway, like, we're going to have to make a decision on that pretty quick. Yes. And they might just kind of drag him out and say, well, let's see what we can get. And then he'll might end up signing with the heat and then we're kind of left out to pick up scraps after that. That's kind of where my worry lies, I guess. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, Tim, I just, I'm not really sure what route would really be best 
and I mean that's kind of just kind of what we've covered. But yeah, at least we get Luca basketball in like two days or three days. Yes. I can start up. And um, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. It kind of seems like the national stage is pretty. I mean, I know that the USA has been pretty rough with their exhibition matches. So I'm kind of wondering, like, if Luca would be able to add more to his legacy. Obviously, if he's able to place the Slovenia. Team. Oh my gosh, uh, we talked about this earlier this afternoon, and I'm glad you brought it back up. Slovenian medal odds are something that I, as a non-gambling person, might be interested in. They're in a, a if I remember earlier, I, I looked this up earlier, but they're they're in kind of a um, tough pool. Uh, but I do think that they're going to be okay. Let me see here. Let me see here. Slovenia. What is the Olympic? I looked this up, so my Google my Google search should actually be a function. All right. So Slovenia here is in Group D with Argentina, Japan, Spain, and so that's they they need to basically place in the top two to advance. And Argentina is. Um, and Spain are basically still playing two dudes and like Marcus all plays for Spain, but Spain also has Usman Garuba, who, if you all have not watched this guy play, I desperately wanted him on the Mavs because he's, uh, he's, he's like a, a Tasmanian devil of a basketball player. He's insane. I would love him. And unfortunately he's going to go to the Lakers and it's going to piss me off to no end. <laughs> um, and then, uh, gosh, who's the old guy? Um, that play that that plays for Argentina. He's like ripped as all get out. Um, gosh, this is gonna drive me nuts. Um, ah, Luis Swola. Oh yeah, he cut his hair and like looks like a like looks like a silver fox. Like he looks like the dad at the pool that has like a twenty five year old girlfriend somehow. Like, and he's playing unbelievable basketball at his age. But I, I mean, Luca's probably the best player in the pool by far. So if they win and and then somehow get in, into the knockout stages, there's really something. I mean, it's got to be said. And if there are any Slovenian people who are here, please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Luca has ever lost a meaningful international basketball game. <laughs> They're like nine and zero or something. It's amazing. Yeah, that's what I was kind of seeing and, and watching their games is just. So crazy, you know what happens when you knock down an open corner, Luca pass like right. To see that, you know what I like? I really love the FIBA basketball. The I, the, the NBA desperately needs to uh, adapt a ball with some some colorization because watching like like three balls shot along the seams is so pretty. It's like my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, so that should be pretty good pretty fun to watch um i just have one more thing i'm kind of like i don't know it's it's i think it's a lot different now because now you know maybe we have some change i mean we still have mark like you said and it makes me think of some previous stuff like you know when we made when dirk pretty much signed a pay cut to get stars here and we ended up with Mm. that rajon rondo kind of chandler parsons you know kind of that roster that really you know, I don't know, and I just feel like since he brought up the comments about him, you know, he's still the one signing the checks. Makes me, you know, still kind of feel like we're kind of still in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, it's kind that, of a weird deal. 
Yeah. And one more thing. I mean, this is it. My last thing and I'll let someone get on. I was, you know, I listened to another Mavericks podcast that um, spoke with, you know, Chad Ford about the draft. And I was kind of wondering, like, maybe too, like, you know, they were talking about those prospects like you brought up on the, the French team. And I'm just kind of interested to see if the Mavs do think about, you know, maybe, I don't know if they feel like taking a step back, but kind of like reevaluating maybe what they have and building around them. I don't know. Cause I know there's some good prospects, like even in the twenties in this draft. So I don't know. Be interesting to see like what happens. Yeah. I mean, I would love it if they did something wild and somehow ended up with a draft pick. I mean, that's probably the most painful part of the JJ Reddick signing is they sent, they sent like their last remaining draft thing. And now we're sort of just for like content creation and like discussion and bullshit into the void. Like we're not even allowed, like there's just nothing to say because you don't know, like, like unrestricted free agents end up being so fringe that it's kind of hard to talk about, but you know, here we are. Yeah, well, like I said, at least we got we have very little time to see what happens because I know, like, the Olympics start in two days, and then, you know, I think free agent or the draft is on like the twenty eighth or next week. Yeah, and then free agency is like two days after that, so <laughs> they better have a plan in place, I guess, because I guess we'll see what happens. But, well, thanks for hanging out. Yes, sir. Unfortunately, it might be the end of Mavrello. That's all right. You have a good night. Talk to you soon. <laughs> right. See you. All right. DJ, thanks for hanging out again. How you doing? Is that audio going to work for you here? Worked earlier when we were talking. Oh, hello. There we go. There we What's go. What's going on, my man? So I was, I guess my my content wasn't good enough for you, so you had to wipe that clean from the slate, I guess. All right. All right. But, um, yeah, I think uh, going back to what we were starting with from before, I think this team is still right there. They're not too far out. Um, I'm kind of falling in love with Spencer Dimwitty, low-key. I think that's a brilliant piece. I don't know, man. I think people were too big on these – superstar free agents. I get that's what Nico's here for, but I think this team needs more than just, like, the star power. We need the the fit and, like, the role players and the assets. Like, our role players are cool. They're, like, nice to have, but they should be, like, eighth and ninth and tenth men, you know what I mean? Like, not valuable starters that we're counting sure. on key contributing minutes for it. So, um, yeah, I think that's where I'm kind of in, in this space where I'm like, give me Spencer Dinwiddie, give me if we can find a way to do Norman Powell and Spencer Dinwiddie. I think that's a great team right there, you know, next to Luca. I mean, it won't be the best defensively, but it'll be solid, and you know, you can do some things right there. Um, I don't think, and I think, oh, somebody, I think Jason said it earlier about how people look better shooting wise next to Luca. I think that's something that yeah. can definitely help. <laughs> I think that's something that'll definitely help Spencer Dinwiddie, whereas, like, I know his best three-point seasons aren't really all that good, but, you know, those are different teams he was on. A lot of those probably were, like, off-the-dribble catch-and-shoot threes and stuff like that, where he'll have more opportunity to just, you know, sit in the corner sometime and just let that shit fly. But, yeah, I, I think that's a uh, – Spencer Dinwiddie is someone I'm kind of interested in. I'm not going to lie. Sure. Well, I mean, anyone who knows how to dribble ought to be on the, the Mavericks radar. And 
you know, he seems to fit in with Cuban's culture and, and of, of talking about uh, Bitcoin. So why not? I don't know. I'm the thing with free or pre-agency that has been not discussed near as much as it should have both by me and then by other local media people is how the Mavericks are, have been ill-prepared for free agency the last several years because they don't do any of the, the legwork. I feel like Donnie Nelson just like the Mavericks are like, oh, we're going to attack. We're going to approach these guys, which I mean, as recently as 2013, I think that was the Monte Ellis year. Like Monte Ellis is a fallback option. Um, he just happened to be available. Like the Mavericks have just not been good about, about being on the front end of things in free agency in a while. And I think that's probably one of the big, you know, assets of both kid and Nico is, you know, they need to have an idea of what's happening before the start of free agency. And and the Mavericks always seem to be playing a different game than everyone else, which is partially why they lost. So I'm, you know, I didn't pin this in Twitter, but I had a, a thought earlier. It's like my, with the exception of DeMar DeRozan, I'm basically say yes to stuff this summer. I'm, I'm open to new experiences. So that's, that's kind of where I am. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like we shouldn't be turning our nose. I mean, I think DeMar is not, the worst but yeah I don't I don't think we should be turning our nose to certain players when we are you know I think we'll be able to get out that Josh Richardson contract I don't I actually don't think Josh is the worst player in NBA but you know we can he's a serviceable role player that that's asked to do too much and was his expectations were a little bit through the roof and rightfully so but now it's it's been three teams now so <laughs> I think yeah. it's time no, it, it, it might just be that he stinks. So yeah, what are you I think do? it's time to get past that. Yeah, it's there's no hope. This yeah. he's a regular guy. He's just a guy. Well, thanks for coming on twice in one day. Yeah, man. Anytime. All right. Talk to you later. All right. All right. Last but not least, Principal Skinner of the chat, Xavier. What's happening? <laughs> can you can you guys? I can't hear you. Uh, just a resident asshole checking in. No, sir, that's um, me. First of all, you're just a logical guy. I'm an asshole. No, because honestly, like today, I was struggling with a little self awareness, right? Because I'm like, look, two months ago, I was just an anonymous guy on Twitter. My fandom was just reserved to just me and nobody else. Um, and so now that I'm like interacting with a bunch of people, I'm like, do I come off like a raging gargantuan asshole? And I'm like, probably so. So if I do come off that way, guys, my apologies. You no, know? no, no. You're a delight. You're a delight, but, and I would tell you otherwise. But um, no. But what I realized, right, is that I don't think a lot of Mavericks fans have league pass. Oh and God, I, yeah. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was noticing what the trend was, uh, and this was a tweet I was referencing earlier in the first chat, is that the I looked up who are the players with the highest averages against the Mavericks this season, and what do you know? John Collins, he was like number two, averaged 38 points against us. And then down the road, number seven was like DeMar DeRozan. And I thought, what are the two names that I hear most often referenced by Mavs fans? And I was like, John Collins and DeMar DeRozan. That makes sense. They watched these guys bust our ass during the regular season. They were like, you know what? I want some of that on my team. You know what I'm saying? And even like Kelly Oubre, Rashawn Holmes, like so many of these players that Mavericks fans clamor for, they played – way above the averages against the Mavericks. So it makes sense why Mavericks fans want them on their team because they only watch them against the Mavericks and maybe the occasional nationally televised game. 
Um, but yeah, but no, that it makes a lot of sense why why Mavericks fans want certain players. But honestly, without what I said earlier, I don't think we're that far off, Kurt. And I think that's why at nauseam I say that fit matters because look, we've got. I think the hardest thing in the league to get is a player that can be the best player on a playoff team. Like, as great as Dame Lillard is, do we really feel like Lillard could be the best player on the championship team? I don't know. But I certainly know that Luka can be. And so I feel like if we have that, look, that's the hard part, right? Now we just got to tinker with the pieces around them. And that's why I'm like, you know, we just need a bucket getter. And I ain't going to lie. I was bored earlier. I was watching Dinwiddie highlights on YouTube. And I was like, man, we don't have a single player on this team that can do what Dinwiddie does. And there isn't another free agent that can do what he does. So that's why I hope on him so much. But I really do feel like it's we can we can make a Western Conference um, run next season. What do you think? I mean, this is fun because, you know, the one thing we're going to learn, we're going to hopefully – hopefully the thing that people – take away from this playoffs is that Giannis is really good. But the second thing that people need to take away, and the 2011 Mavs are a testament to this, is that sorry, boxes just fell in my house because I'm moving soon. That's good. I'll fix that later. Anyways, um, Giannis is really good, and health is unbelievably important. If we think back to the 2011 Mavericks, my sneaky, sneaky hot take is that if, um, what's his name, hadn't torn his knee up in the middle of the year, uh, his patella tendon, the Mavericks wouldn't have won the title because that dude thought he was as good as... as um, and Yeah, Butler thought he was the man. Um, he, in the, in, the season, in the season before in the playoffs, he shot more against the Spurs than Dirk did. Like, that should never fucking happen. And I love Butler. He's tough as nails, but he... he you know, he, he was a different dude and thought he was somebody he wasn't. And, you know, then the fact that the Mavericks had to go and tell, or the Mavericks players had to go tell Carlisle to stop playing Roddy Bobois was incredible. And so it's just like, you need, you need a little bit of luck an injury luck more than anything to kind of get to the playoffs. Because like, if we, one of the things we know now is that, um, is that, you know, in that season, like Lamar Odom was already dealing with, with substance issues, uh, even though he had been six man of the year. And so like the Lake, the Mavs handled the Lakers. It's like, there are just little things that went their way. Like we should have known when Peja Stojakovic was able to handle Lamar, that Lamar wasn't right, but you need these breaks. You just need them. It's part of the year. And, and this thing sort of you know, overemphasize that. And I don't agree with any of the nonsense on the internet where it's like, well, look at all the, 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 you know, the, the nets were hurt. It's like, well, sorry, that's the way it goes. But I, I understand what you mean. I, the path is, is there just because Luke is that sort of elevator, but you know, you, you just kind of have better dudes. And until the Mavs get better guys, I'm not sure where I feel about them. I mean, we'll be able to talk about this more in early August, you know? Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I know earlier you were poo-pooing on KP and with good reason, but the more I'm, I'm thinking on it, I think I'm in. You know, I, I saw the video he posted today. He's working on his calves, his lower half, you know. He's doing a little butt band routine. And Hold look, on. Hold I'm, on. He was working on his calves? Yeah. I mean, look, okay. to me, that's... <laughs> <laughs> look, I just want the guy to be able to back down a smaller guard, you know. And I think that's also the lower half. So if the man needs to do some squats or whatever... Instagram exercises are out there. Look, that's that's what I want. I just want KP sure. to come in as um 
my man Bibbs Corner, he's in the chat. He just wants KP to come in double cheeked up. You know what I'm saying? And what that means, he needs to come in with a bigger butt. And I'm with that. He needs to have a stronger lower half so that he can be more physical down low. So that's what I'm looking for. And honestly, I'm back in on KP because we're not going to be able to trade him, right? So at this love point, it. what's reckless optimism? I'm back in on KP. No, I love it. Now, Look. reckless op- reckless optimism about players we already have is the order of the day. Yeah. Because – you know, the the real optimism is that, you know, hopefully, like, like someone needs to talk about Dorian Finney-Smith about the dad's bump. Because that man had a kid and shot 45% from three for like a month and a half. More kids. Let's make it happen. Like, this <laughs> just real, let's, you know, Maxi Kleba going to find a new girlfriend. He's not going to be sad like he was in the bubble, you know, against Orlando. He's going to hit threes again. We're going to teach him to shoot like, you know, nine times a game. There's real opportunities at play here. I love this. The, the, it's, it's the thing against, you know, non-star uh, players. Or, I'm sorry, non-Mavericks where I kind of lose my mind. I'm just like, you know, these, these guys don't have any connection to Dallas. Why are we talking about them? Yeah, no, I'm with you. But I'm, uh, I, it happens every year, right? I, I'm like, after the season, I'm like, you know what? Trade everybody. Cut them all. And then after the season's over, I'm like, you know what? I can see it. And that's just, that's the cycle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. So I'm back in. I'm excited for next year. But I won't take any more of your time, Kirk. Um, that's all I have. Thanks, man. Appreciate you hanging out. You, all right, before we get out of here, something we need to project into the universe, folks, is what celebrity should become like, like what, not celebrity sort of a strong term. I mean, kind of like, Random person you wouldn't think about, like the Bucks having Cheryl Crow and 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 uh, Green Bay Packers offensive lineman uh, Bakhtiari as like their super fans is is was high key one of my favorite things about the playoffs. I mean, like for those of you who aren't old enough, like Cheryl Crow was was it in the nineties. Um, uh, Leo in in the chat says you know Zeke ought to become a super Mavs fan, like like Zeke needs to run for more than four yards a carry or whatever it is that he does. I don't, we, we don't care about Zeke. I need, I need more obscure slash older people. Like, cause I have this hilarious photo. Those of you will remember this, who were part of the 2011 finals. George Lopez was in way too many Mavs photos in the 2011 title. He was like the Dallas super fan. And it's really funny in retrospect. It's just like one of my, one of my things I'm, I'm really, um, Oh, Jason Jang says Vin Diesel. Really love that. Mervrillo says Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson would be the guy. DJ says Pat Pat Mahomes is our guy. If Pat Mahomes became a Mavs super fan, I would die. Vanilla Ice is a really good one. Um, he went to high school right near where I grew up. Gosh, what was the name of that high school? Anyways, whatever. All right, this has been fun. Um, I don't know. I hope this one records and I hope I can post it as a podcast just so everybody knows scheduling and posting for Josh and I is going to continue to be weird. I feel very bad because I'm not taking advantage of the fact that for some reason y'all like listening to me, but I'm moving. Josh has a very small infant. And then, you know, because there's not actual basketball, we're not pressed upon to record things. So we're going to keep trying. I will do another one of these Friday afternoon like I've been doing, but past that, not really sure. Uh, We need to get back to our player review series. There's just, uh, you know, one of those things. All right. 
Everybody have a good week, and we will talk in a few days.